Yeah, like what's that? On the website, it it says like I guess yeah, it it says one. Th- it says both of the things. Wait, so are we in two different parallel universes at the same time right now? Uh, and we're just communicating. Are we in that Spider-Man movie? <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh... It, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Whee! I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? Hitler. Just prepare to. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be awash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You were listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is November 5th, 2023, and this is episode 666. Coming to you from the depths of Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials. (laughs) This show, we're going to discuss... An exciting one and three week of Pacers basketball uh, with games against Chicago, Boston, Cleveland, and Charlotte. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up? Undebeatable shout out to the darkness. Uh, daylight losing time got dark super early today. Wow. And also, uh, Satan, shout out. <laughs> also, when people shout out to the darkness, I just want to make sure that's going in a good direction, you know? They're a good band. I like them. Okay. Is this our first Satan shout out since we've started the show? <laughs> There's no way. Doesn't seem right, but it's possible. (laughs) From Asheville, North Carolina, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles. It's John Baby Teeth Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, Shout out to the mountains. Uh, Just a beautiful fall day here. Uh, 68 and sunny with a light breeze all day and then yeah got dark too early so um, shut up daylight savings time anti shout out to daylight savings time what are we saving here we're not saving Uh, anything anymore we're destroying my joy is that what we're doing Mm -hmm. 666 baby from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? <clears throat> you guys are all very depressed today. I'm sure talking about this week of Pacers basketball is going to make it all better for you. <laughs> yeah. Shout out some elections I, this week. Hmm. Yeah. Shout, shout out some democracy. 
Yeah, go go and uh, do that vote voting thing. Here's the rage with all the, the kids these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we get into the show, I'd like to remind listeners they can support us, the longest-running Pacers podcast, by voting with your your money. You can head over to patreon.com slash undebeatables and support us for as little as a dollar per month. All right, team. We had a one in three week of Pacers basketball. That's true. But I thought it was super exciting, and I think there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, first game was October 30th against the Chicago Bulls. Pacers lose this one, 112 to 105. Uh, Vucevic uh, closed up the game pretty pretty nicely for uh, for the Bulls. Um, I don't know. There were some good. There were some good performances. Uh, I think uh, Miles Turner was uh, was great this game. Twenty and eleven. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had nineteen points, thirteen assists, double double for both of those guys. Um, but Vucevic twenty fourth and uh, seventeen, seventeen rebounds. I, for some reason, it hurts more for me when when somebody gets like. A ton of rebounds against us. Like when you get like more than 13, 14 rebounds, I feel like that hurts more than somebody dropping forty on your head. You know, that's just you, me. You must be but, in a lot of pain, Joey. Mm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Over the years, yeah. Then the game that uh, I kind of want to just breeze by. <laughs> November first. Pacers take on the Boston Celtics in Boston and lose this one. This is not a typo. This is not an error on my part. 155 to 104. Drubbing. Lots of big numbers on the Celtics side. Less big numbers on the Pacers side. We can talk about this one more if you'd like to later. Then the third game of the week, November 3rd. And uh, a shout out, Jason, to your parents, who gave me tickets to this game. They're tickets to this game, and uh, so I got to go. Took my mom, and we got to see the in-season tournament game in the Fieldhouse. And Pacers win this one, one twenty-one to one sixteen. It was a, it was a fun. It was a very fun game. So very quickly, um, Donovan Mitchell was just. Torching us, he had 38 points. Um, he he was struggling to miss, and he looked <laughs> phenomenal. But Miles Turner was nearly as on fire, at least in the first half, and and you know finished out strong. Um, and and Bruce Brown was uh, bringing it when it counted, and Halliburton really picked it up towards the end of the game. And uh, Buddy Heald was super fun to watch. So Neesmith and and um, Jalen Smith was was showing well as well. It was a good team team win by the Pacers, and they closed it. And they they actually had led most of the game and and gave it away, really never getting down by more than a couple, and then and then closing it at the end. And so it was a really fun fourth quarter. Being in the house, the crowd was super fun. The court was crazy. 
but the, the atmosphere was was great, and it, it, it felt like a playoff game. Um, you know, we've seen these guys three times in the last you know, couple weeks, and it's uh, you know it's a little it's a little it was an intense game. So that was awesome, and uh, yeah, so they win the first in season game, and then last night. Pacers play at home against the Charlotte Hornets and lose this one at the buzzer, as they say, 125-124. <laughs> um, the, I mean, the, from the Pacers side, Tyrese Halliburton uh, uh, dropped 43, 12 assists. Um, he was nearly unlimited range, shooting from everywhere, and it was all going down. Uh, but also was uh, handling the ball. You know, we'll talk about this more. But the, you know, at the end of the game, it got uh, got away from. So um, couldn't close it out. We had chances to win, did not do so. Um, Mark Williams and Gordon Hayward were, were uh, big scoring, and Rozier as well. Uh, 27, 23, and 22 points out of their starters. Um, anyway, I you know we won. I'd say the the game that counted the most. You know, in the in the in season tournament, so that's the one. Um, two other winnable games that we did not win, and the the Boston game was also this week as well. Um, Harper, what was your what was your takeaway from this week? It's a real up and down week. Consistency has not it been was. the the calling card of our our, our team this week. Uh, <laughs> after our after our excellent start. Um, you know, a good Tyrese only missed one game for us because uh, apparently playing without him is not great for us right now. He uh, obviously is a linchpin of that defense since without him we give up 150 a game. <laughs> 155. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it kind of felt like we caught the Bulls maybe at the wrong time. You know, they'd had a big team meeting the night before after Levine posted his 50 and they lost. So I think that they were determined to get a game, which they did. Uh, more than anything, I was really disappointed that Charlotte lost. I hate losing to Charlotte. God. It's not very good. They kept, show, they kept showing stats during the game of like how historically we, you know, we, we nearly always win. And, you know, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, we caught a hot like team. Lately, we always drop a stupid game to Charlotte. Yeah. Like the past five years or something. That one was particularly disappointing uh, because the the team struggled in the first half, couldn't really find their mark. Uh, and then towards the end of the half, uh, I forget who it was. Was it uh, PJ Washington uh, hit Tyrese Halliburton in the face as he was going up for a layup on accident? Hard, Hard bloody nose. Uh, and then Tyrese proceeded to make a three-pointer to close the half, uh, cut it to within eight, and then open up the third quarter just on fire. Like, hit like, four threes in the first, like, four minutes. Uh, the crowd was really into it. The Pacers started playing their tempo again, you know, up pace. Sorry, fast pace. Um, uh, getting everybody involved. People were hitting threes like crazy. Uh, you know, and then credit to... Uh, the Hornets for hanging in there and to Steve Clifford, uh, the big red coach who I thought did an excellent job of managing that game. 
like we always talk about Carlisle being a great game manager. And I thought that Clifford did just as good a job in this game, uh, giving his guys a chance to win. And, you know, it comes down to defense for this team. Like the Pacers just could not get stops against a not so great Hornets team. And to make matters worse, Terry Rozier goes down with a strained groin in the, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter who he had been killing us. You would have thought that would have slowed the Hornets down, but instead they just kept ripping us apart. I think they scored. I have no idea. At one point they had 70 points in the paint and that was like in the third quarter or something like that. They were just getting to the rim at will. Um, You know, that being said, we still had a chance to win the game. Buddy Heald misses a free throw that would have tied it. Um, And Tyrese made two, for as brilliant as he was, he made two horrible plays down the stretch. Uh, One was an inbounds uh, pass that we had with, uh, like, I don't know, 10 seconds left or something like that. quick reset he tries to pass it into to miles turner but for some reason like throws it at his feet uh and then the pacers lose the ball uh in the the ensuing scramble and then down one uh ready to take the last shot uh halliburton being guarded by Lamelo ball not exactly the stalwart defender that uh his brother is at least uh can't get around him and in fact uh Lamelo pokes the ball away and ices the game just by getting a steal so you know silver lining it was a totally winnable game gray dark gray lining you know this is a game that we're going to be looking at in march or april and being like shit yeah yeah i mean we <laughs> this could have gotten us the sixth seed <laughs> 50 in the third quarter got a career quarter out of tyrese halliburton and yeah you know what couldn't close the door on a one and three team it's yeah. not it's not perfect yeah, no, uh, this is a devastating week. I feel like we're all being a little too, like, I mean, not, not that I'm saying everybody's cheery, but, like, this is this is a disaster. Um, the Bulls are bad. Charlotte is bad. We played against a good Boston team, and they doubled our score, practically. Um, the only thing that's keeping this from being, like, the Titanic is that we beat Cleveland in the play-in tournament, which makes us all feel better at least makes me feel better but i watched that game in season what i say tournament it's uh, the play in tournament play in tournament oh yeah I, yeah fair enough i, I, I wish they would just re- i wish they would just replace this because everyone's doing everyone's calling it i don't like the name it's i think the, they should just call it the nba cup and just nba cup there you go we're playing for the <laughs> nba cup and and we were up like 18 points and lost all of it in in, in like a 10 minute stretch and this was a real struggle to score down the stretch in this tournament uh, game against Cleveland. Um, Mitchell is terrifying and can score at will, and I really feel like we struggled to stop him. Now, everybody in the league has struggled to stop him, but we struggled also to manufacture some offense uh, in the second half. I, I'm, I'm having trouble looking at what's going well with this team right now. Um, if we hadn't had an 18-point cushion... In that uh, you know NBA Cup, we lose this game going away. So I don't know. I, I explain to me what's going right. 
Well, so, I mean, that's one way to look at it. And another way to look at it is that it's the, it's the beginning of the season. Like we're still figuring out who we are as a team. Uh, and if you look at that Cavs game in particular, I thought that game showed a lot of character on the, on the part of these guys. Like the fact like in the NBA, 18 point leads aren't what 18 point leads used to be, right? Like people blow 20 point leads all the time now. Right. And Cleveland is one of the best defensive teams in the league. Oh, they finally got all their amazing. Back. They look great. They look and really, really good. And they turned it on yeah. in the second half. And that's how they closed that gap. Right. In fact, they even got up by four yeah. at one point. Yeah. But instead of folding, I thought the Pacers did a great job of actually clamping out on defense themselves for a few key possessions and making some tough shots. Like, uh, you know, Halliburton again comes to our rescue and is, you know, making icing three pointers and sure. uh, creating plays for guys and, and all that stuff. I thought that that game, not just because it was an in season tournament game, but like if that was just a regular season game, Cleveland's a really good team. They're, They're a really good team. Three in the yeah. East, maybe. I agree. With and, that. you know, they don't have, I mean, Garland is just coming back. Jared Allen is just coming back. But regardless, like they got a lot of dudes and, by yeah. all measures, this could easily have been an zero and four week, but it wasn't. Yeah, no, I, I, of the I actually, I loved that game. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely, I so agree I with you. That, I was, I was on the edge of my seat, and I thought that you know we were able to manufacture enough shots and manufacture enough enough stops. And like I said, I mean, I felt like we were playing against a guy who could never miss, and Mitchell. Um, it, they're a great team. I after watching that game, I think they they could be the two seed. In, in the East, they look that good to me, um, defensively and offensively. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was heartening. And, again, I liked the spice of it being an NBA Cup game. But, um, it, you know, it is still part of the narrative in my mind, which is, um, yeah, we showed some guts to, to, to eke that one out. But um, the other good team we played, we lost by... This is the second most points we've ever lost to a team in, in franchise history against the Boston Celtics. And then the Bulls are bad. They're just bad. And we let them dictate the pace the entire game. We, we didn't push the ball. We played at their slow pace. And then they had guys that can hit shots down the stretch. Um, and then the Hornets, you know, we let this, you know, completely transcendent game from Halliburton just slip away. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe but, this is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, look, it, it it's the beginning of the season, and our measuring stick games this week were, were, you know, if you're gonna pick a team to really measure yourself against and where you're at, you you would have picked in a vacuum. You would have picked the Bulls and the Hornets because they're most closely situated in predictive, you know, win loss totals at the end of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, we played close games with them. We could have won both. Like I said, I think we caught them at the wrong time. The Bulls had just you know, won a tough one early. So they rallied around that, you know, Charlotte, you know, whatever, they were just shooting the lights out. Sometimes that happens. Um, but we won the game that mattered, right? We, we clearly had one circled for a team that's predicted to win 50 games this year and came out and played a really hard 48 minutes of basketball. We did. That's right. Um, and if that's what we're going to show come playoff time, that's going to be the most important thing for us, right? We've got a lot of stuff that we've got to put together and we've got plenty of runway left this season to get where we need to go. But if we, if we can, you know, 
make sure that we've got that other gear ready when we need it, then then that's going to be the most important thing in the long term. Yeah, but I mean, I, I guess if, if you know when you look at the uh, you know, you talk about these preseason pro- projections. Like, if we want to be a team that's going to make the playoffs, we have to beat the Bulls and the Charlotte Hornets of this of the league, right? And um, you know, I mean, I I totally agree with you, and I totally feel like in March we're going to be looking back at these games and being very mad. That being said, like the first ten games of a NBA season every year are just like like chaos you know (laughs) like teams are figuring out who's who's doing what that charlotte game was our first back-to-back of the season it was four games and uh six nights which is you know not overly bad but it's the first time you're doing it in a season you know the season uh coming off a really emotional win um the the guys struggled to have energy emotional energy i felt in the the first half and they were able to rally out of that and really like for a stretch there looked like the team that was head and shoulders above the Hornets. And they just weren't able to maintain that, you know, because of effort wise, or as I mentioned, you know, you got to give the Hornets credit. They got professional dudes on their team too. Hayward, Hayward ate our lunch. Basically he could take anybody he wanted in the post. Yeah. And maybe this is a longer conversation for Thursday's show, but like there are, you know, major things that we need to, work on that became apparent this week. And I think the first is half court offense Mm -hmm. because if we are not able to dictate our pace, we need to figure out, especially with that first unit, what are our bread and butter plays? What are we going to get good looks from? And it can't just be Halliburton creating on his own out top. Like he can do that a lot, but we need something else to go to. And the second is defense, right? Like that Charlotte game, we played offensively horrible in the first half, and we still put up 125 or whatever we put up. But you just can't let a Charlotte team score 125 on you. Like, they they looked discombobulated at times in the first half, yeah. and and life just was very easy for them to get get to the basket and get layups. And that those two things need to be fixed big time especially if this team wants to do anything in the playoffs because that's playoff basketball yeah. is half-court offense and defense. <laughs> but as it sits, we're, you know, six games into the season. We're a 500 team. We're ahead of Cleveland in the Sandings. We've won our first in-season. We've won our first NBA Cup game. Um, right. Right. You know, we're, Thank you. We, we need to be a 500 team. We know that we need to be that. Right now we are in spite of a lot of failings early and, you know, that's a missed true. game from Tyrese Halliburton. So. We've gotten great contributions from a lot of guys. We're sifting through what our what our order is and who's going to be playing and at what point during games. So, you know, we're we're starting to to see the outlines of a team here. But yeah, for sure, we got a lot. We got a long way to go. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting conversation too. It looks it seems like uh, Heald and Neesmith uh, are going to be our closers instead of Toppin and Matherin, um, at least uh, as of this week. Um, Joey, you got to be in the most exciting game of the of the the week, which was the NBA Cup game. Um, were did uh, what were, was Toppin and Matherin's body language on the bench? Were they doing all right with the uh, not closing? Uh, I mean, everybody 
you know, I didn't watch those two specifically, uh, but <laughs> I gave you one I job. Mean, the, bench, <laughs> <laughs> the bench in general, like people just seemed the you know the the players and the fans, everyone seemed hyped for that. You know, it was a great game regardless of you know the competition, but um, you know, bench was the bench was happy. You know, it was. Uh, um, I mean, like like you guys have said, it's early in the season. We're we do not have everything figured out. It is chaos. There's bad turnovers. Um, one thing that the team is doing is uh, finding Obi Toppin for alley oops. So that's awesome. Uh, those are fun. They're, they they've not uh, been missing on those. Um, but I do want to I do want to reiterate the the crowd was it was I'd say super close to a, 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 a sellout. Uh, it might it might have been on paper, um, but um, the the atmosphere was was uh, you know the electricity was on fire. You know, as, as, as you said. Uh, how did how did the uh, court look in real life? The, the, so the, so looked, just I, for the listeners, uh, there's a uh, uh, NBA Cup uh, court for every um, game uh, for every team in the league. Um, and it's yeah. um, very bright colors. Ours were uh, blue and yellow with a big NBA cup in the middle, right? And it said Indy real big. It's very dramatic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, the specific, like, logo and branding, I don't know, like, you know, on the, 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 uh, they all, and of course, everybody has their own, uh, uh, uniforms as well. And those, you know, whatever like i didn't speak i like the idea nah but like uh, i mean just the the idea in general i liked um i think that the court looked better in person than like i the tv you know like the the tv in in the arena like the the blue was like louder and it was more obnoxious like on the on the on the screen than it was in person i thought it looked nice you know it was just a it's just a weirder like design though, just because it's like the, the 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 two outside thirds or you know thirds or so of the court are are uh, a dark color, and then the lane like the center strip is is um, it's just like a different visual, you know, not geometry but like just the the shapes just a little bit different, you know, so. I found it wildly distracting to watch. Yeah, yeah. It took me forever to like. And the Pacers court, it should be noted, is particularly fluorescent (laughs) compared to other courts. Um, So we'll see how it looks. You know, we we play Philly in a couple weeks or whatever. uh, Well, what was it? Was it the Portland that was like like red and deep red? Like I was, you know, like it was maybe that was the of the Bulls. Like there's just like um, I don't know. They were all very. Uh, prominent um i got i mean yeah. they went for it and you know like kudos to the nba they're gonna commit to the bit and you know maybe by the end of it we're like oh this was pretty cool but like yeah i think <laughs> the initial shock is a little uh overwhelming but well and also uh, on top of that real concerns about the black paint on the pacers uh, floor lots of slipping uh halliburton pulls his groin people just falling all over every time they hit the black uh, paint on the on the 
Um, was that happening at in other games? I was curious about that. I don't know. Like I, I if if not, if it was just uh, in our place, uh, somebody's in trouble the next day. Actually, probably even if it was every place, somebody's in trouble. Oh, especially if it yeah. was every place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was before the Denver game. They had to repaint the three point line because it was just too far away. <laughs> they just like, up the measurement. They just made and they're, it. They're up. taking practice, like man. Sure I used everything. to be good at these. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, no. Is that why Halliburton was just shooting from wherever? <laughs> He's like, Probably. it's not going to matter. I don't know where I am what, out here. What did you guys think of the jerseys, the new city uh, jersey, the black with the. I like those pretty well, actually. Yeah, it's kind of like 90s yeah. uh, graffiti esque, kind of. They're all right. I kind of like they're, them. They're all right. I'm fine with them. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't you didn't you didn't uh, go out and buy one though, Joe. I did no. No, I think they're. I mean, they're all right, but we have so many. There's so many jerseys now. Yeah. You know, sure, but nothing like that at all. We had the big, you know, dramatic yellow indie across the deep blue, black. That's true. That's true. But you know, we'll see. Uh, We'll see how this goes. It didn't tickle your '90s nostalgia. No, we'll see how this tournament run goes. But <laughs> if, I don't know. If we win, was... if we win the NBA Cup, you're buying yeah, lots of, them. of course. Yeah, fair enough. Oh yeah, for everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, the Pacers have a chance to rebound uh, next week. Another four games. Oh, we're not going to rebound. <laughs> Good call. Uh, no NBA Cup games this week, but uh, Monday, November 6th, uh, all, uh, no, sorry, three of four games at home. Uh, Pacers hosting the San Antonio Spurs and uh, one Victor Wimbanyama, uh, which is must-see uh, TV. Uh, that's a 7 o'clock tip on Monday. Wednesday, hosting the Utah Jazz, another 7 o'clock tip. Uh Thursday, hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. That is a 7 o'clock tip, and that is on NBA TV. And then Sunday, November 12th, at Philadelphia. 6 o'clock tip. What you got, boys? Uh, Return to mediocrity. Two and two. Two and two. All right. I think that the the team is going to respond to Colson's harsh criticism and, and sweep it out. Sweep it out. In a good way. Yeah. Just to I shut think, you up. I think they're going to send Colson into an even further depression, and they're going to go one and three. One and three. Yep. Yeah. No. I. I'm. And I. I don't know which one we're going to get either. <laughs> no. I. I think that um, we're going to be angry. We're going to respond. Um, in one game this week, but I'm I'm gonna agree with you on a one and three. <laughs> wow. Set the uh set the ceiling low. <laughs> Alright. Well we'll see. You know, hopefully I think this is the I mean this is the time that of year where, you know we're trying to to figure out who we are. And I feel like uh we need we need some we need some consistency. I would love to have a little bit of that uh, 
so we know uh, know what we're getting into. Uh, look, if if you're if you want to live and die by the three, you're gonna die more often. Or you can just keep hitting them. Yeah. But they decided not to in Boston. Yeah. Maybe that three-point line was faulty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You should definitely have that. Didn't stop that. Didn't stop Boston though. I don't know how they do that, but uh, nobody does that. So I don't feel bad about not stopping them, but I, I do feel bad about giving them 155 points. Ugh. We still lead the league in assists per game at 30.8. Oh, we share the ball brilliantly. Yep. Yeah. Also, actually, on defense. <laughs> You know, I do want to give one quick special shout out to uh, Miles Turner's block at the end of the cle- at the at the end of that Cleveland. Oh, yeah. oh gosh, that was, brilliant! Yeah, shades of Roy Hibbert. Yeah, that's yeah, right. that's right. Was it was it Mobley that was going? Yeah, hard? oh yeah, well, Mobley was going straight to the, the rack. Yeah, Mobley was going hard, and uh, you know the the plates erupted. You know, just blocking a one on one dunk is always uh, sweet, but also super late into the. You know, into a tournament game. Oh, there was like ten seconds left. I mean, it would have been a huge yeah. two points. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Also, yeah. I, I I was listening to um, you know the the uh, TV and and they were talking about um, that Miles Turner takes the Mobley challenge very personally because like I don't know he's younger or people compare them or something like he in his head. He like wants to show Mobley up, and that was one of the reasons he had such a good game. Maybe I wish he'd feel like that in all games. Maybe like against Valanciunas, that'd be great too. <laughs> Instead of getting just rocked by that old dude. Sure. Vucevic. Or, uh, Vucevic. Vucevic, yeah, not Valanciunas. Just one of those V big white dudes. Victor Weminyama. <laughs> I guess he's no, not. One. No, he's an alien. He has no. He had a he had a good week. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. All right, team. Well, we're getting out of here. We'll be back with you on Thursday, and we will be discussing some things uh, a little more in depth. And until then, you can hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com/slash/TheUndebeatables. Our website is TheUndebeatables. Dot com. There's also a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. Also, email. Shout out at theendofbeatables.com and the website slash store. Uh, where I'm assuming we have our city editions out. Uh, I'm assuming they're there. 90s version? It's medium only, though. For the architect, Donny Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Suclenard. Turn out the lights, the party's over. You mentioned Jared Allen. I saw he he kicked Draymond in the crotch this week. Mm, Nice. The title of that post on Reddit was like Draymond, you know. Like, so he, he he was he received the Draymond special. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing it doesn't happen more often. I know. 
He sort of opened himself the up top, to that. The top comment was something like this. Like that grimace on his face was, uh, that was likely um, uh, pride in young guys playing the right way. <laughs> 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 uh, 